Good afternoon, my fellow nerds. Welcome to another episode of The Detailing Mind. I'm your host, Jason. Today, we're going to kick off this year's season for The Detailing Geekdom. So I thought I would uh, talk about uh, the gameplay behind Blizzard's game, World of Warcraft. Uh, this coming November will mark the 20th anniversary for the game. So I thought I would kind of sit down and, and run through the content for it and just kind of give a brief summary about the game, what I think about it and all that stuff. Uh, and then just kind of go through expansion to expansion and cover it as I can. So um, there is quite a bit to go over, so hopefully I'll be able to get through all of it here. Um, so let's see what I can I can jump into. So the, the backstory behind this is um, there was the third war, and basically what happens is a bunch of kingdoms get destroyed by the undead, and the undead start to basically uh, take over huge swaths of land, forcing some groups to migrate over to Kalimdor, which is the previously, you know, unknown continent. And so in, in Warcraft 3, you kind of see it uh, introduced as like a new, um, new content, basically. Warcraft 1 and Warcraft 2 only uh, deal with the events in the Eastern Kingdoms, that continent. And so Warcraft 3 jumps into a second continent for players to enjoy. So you see a lot of changes being made to the Alliance, which is a uh, kind of like a coalition, if you will, a confederation of, uh, of uh, different races, primarily to fight the Horde, which is also confederation of races that are getting together to fight the alliance um, obviously both sides fight both in Warcraft 1 and 2 but also in Warcraft 3 but in Warcraft 3 we got new players into the field we got the undead scourge who start uh, wreaking havoc on both the horde and the alliance and given the fact that the alliance won Warcraft AKA the second war Warcraft 3 starts out with them in a very weakened position but uh, the undead do a pretty good job of weakening alliance forces in the northern third of the continent forcing a lot of them to go over to Kalimdor uh, so long story short you know geopolitics uh, condensed down a little bit further um, at the end of Warcraft 3 you see four factions, because you get introduced to the Night Elves over in Kalimdor. Those three team up to fight against the undead Scourge that I mentioned earlier, and stop them from corrupting the Night Elves' world tree, which is central to their culture, their immortality, blah, 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 blah. Um, they are able to stop the Scourge and their demon masters from totally killing the tree, but the tree is wounded and they and the uh, the Night Elves kind of lose their uh, immortality. Um, 
So that kind of is what happens. Uh, so jumping in the World of Warcraft that takes place years later, basically it's a big standoff, a, a cold war, and a, a very tense armistice between the Horde and the Alliance. They've lost some allies, they've gained some other allies. Uh, the Alliance has now been merged with the Night Elves, still the Alliance. And a portion of the undead that free themselves from the control of the Lich King who rules the Scourge, the Undead Scourge, that faction of the undead breaks away, gains self-autonomy back and their own agency over their own minds and their own will. And uh, they join the Horde basically out of necessity uh, so that there's one less adversary to wipe them out for being a perversion <laughs> on life because they're undead, you know, they're zombies and the walking dead basically, you know, but with their own, uh, their own agency back, their own personality back, like what it was before the, uh, before they were killed, maybe a little bit of pet cemetery going on in terms of like some of their, uh, more subconscious, uh, quirks about them, but you know. Uh, I think of it as like, you know, Jack Skeleton from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Kind of that vibe, you know, that's who you get to play, basically, which is cool. Uh, anyway, so now we're down to two factions, Horn and the Alliance. Got a bunch of neutral factions that are out there, out and about, kind of causing a muck, or helping out whenever they can. We'll soon find out. Um, so, the game originally starts on just two continents. Like I said, Kalimdor and the Eastern Kingdoms. And, uh... You have four playable races that you can make. And that is, uh, you know, forest side. But only three of them have start zones and a, and a racial capital city. So, uh, one on each faction, one one of the races on each faction kind of gets uh, screwed out of uh, their own little unique start zone to go through as well as their own capital city to enjoy. But uh, that's kind of kind of how it goes, you know? So what I figured after, you know, after kind of going through the backstory here, uh, I thought I would maybe uh, go through the, the, the player or the character progression um, and just talk briefly about, you know, summarizing each, each zone, each experience, and kind of give you a little bit of information about it. And so I'll start off with, uh, you know, the start zones. These are primarily controlled by the sub-faction, your racial faction, uh, as you'll soon see here in a second. And they, like I said, they primarily control the zone or zones it's just that they're trying to mop up any any scragglers, you know, left behind, you know, some local threats that have developed over the years. So that's kind of what they're doing. Um, there are generally three zones that comprise the start zone sequence for character progression. Some have four, some have two. It just, you know, kind of depends really as to how how it's done. 
and generally speaking, it's 10, 10, um, 10 levels every zone. So you start at one, and by the time you're done with the whole start zone sequence, you should be roughly level 30, maybe level 25, but definitely by 30, you're set to go into the next realm of things. Um, so guess what I'll do is I'll jump on into some of the uh, playable races and give you a brief overview, a brief summary of what they do, you know, through this whole sequence. So starting off with the humans, um, they are from the kingdom of Stormwind and their capital city is Stormwind City. And the three start zones that they play through are Elwyn Forest. Uh, they actually have four. You can choose either, after Elwyn Forest, you can either choose uh, Red Ridge Mountains or Westfall, and then finally Duskwood. Um, Elwyn Forest is about one to 10, maybe 12-ish. Um, Westfall is about uh, level 10 to 20. Red Ridge Mountains, they, they say it's level 12 to 15, upwards to 25. And then Dark or Duskwood is level 20 to 30, basically. Um, when you're playing through these three zones, these four zones, I guess the two local threats that you're gonna be facing while there are the Defias Brotherhood, which is like, a, think of a, like the Foot Clan from Ninja Turtles. You know, they're, um, they're thieves, they're bandits, they are disgraced, uh, skilled laborers, masons, um, woodworkers, blacksmiths, uh, miners, stuff like that. Uh, They've been disgraced. They've been uh, they've been bankrupted, uh, and they feel that uh, it is their duty to go after the crown and the nobility for putting them in that precarious uh, predicament. So they are basically waging their own civil war against the crown of Stormwind, and we're tasked to go in there and mop them up. The other threat that you have to deal with out of Red Ridge Mountains is the Black Rock Orcs. The Blackrock clan used to be a member of the Horde, but following the the second war that's played in Warcraft 2, they basically they go they come neutral. When the old Horde is dissolved, they become neutral, and uh, they do not uh, rejoin the new Horde. And we'll talk about them in a later episode, but. Uh, they're a neutral faction. They're trying to push into Stormwind's territory. They're in the Red Ridge Mountains, and uh, it's your job to uh, stop them. So that's kind of what you get to see for the uh, um, for the humans. Those are the main threats locally, anyway. There are some other threats too. You get you, you get. Uh, Obviously, the, the wildlife you have to deal with. Uh, you have to deal with some creatures, um, which I, I can always bring them up in, a, in another episode. But for now, they're just like minor races, if you will. Um, they are semi-intelligent or fully intelligent like a human, just that they're not quite as organized 
politically, and so their their tribes, their clans are smaller, and so they don't have the uh, political power anymore to uh, to do anything. So some of those would be like gnolls, hyena men, basically cobalts, which are, I guess, rat-like men. Um, so, you know, lesser-known creatures like that. Eventually, you get to uh, deal with uh, undead and worgen, aka werewolves, uh, humans that have uh, the werewolf curse and are not able to transform back to their human form. And so they're utterly feral in their warg in a werewolf form, and so they can't—they uh, can't really, uh, you know, they basically lost all touch with humanity, and are basically just kind of uh, werewolfing out, you know. Um, ogres as well, you know, you got to deal with them too. Um, so basically, those are some of the, the lesser-known uh, adversaries you face. But the two local threats, definitely the Defias Brotherhood, as well as the black rock orcs and you also have some some dungeons or raids and this is where you can get a group of people together go into this instance um, portion of the game and continue the storyline and the lore as well as get better gear and uh, advance in your questing and your leveling so you can get on to the next portion of the game so there's two of them in the start zones for the humans. One is in the capital city itself, the stockades, basically stopping a jailbreak. And the other one is the dead mines, and that's where you go into the headquarters for the Defias Brotherhood and put an end to their little uh, rebellion, their little, uh, you know, uh, war against the crown, if you will, um, on behalf of the nobles. Next up, we've got the Dwarves of Iron Forge. These are the the uh, Bronzebeard clan of dwarves. Uh, they are from the uh, or they they are, their capital city is Iron Forge City, and they call their country the Kingdom of Iron Forge, um, given their the naming convention of their uh, their capital city. Their zones are Dunmoreau, Loch Modan, and the Wetlands. And each zone goes by 10. So Dunmoreau is 1 to 10, then goes 10 to 20, then 20 to 30 in the wetlands. Um, your main forces that you're really dealing with, um, I'm going to say that the, the main one on the local threat level is uh, the, the leper gnomes and the Dark Iron Dwarves, which is a rival clan, the Dark Iron Clan. They are a rival faction, a rival clan to the Bronzebeard Clan, vying for what they see as rightful ownership and rightful rule over Iron Forge City. Because Iron Forge City is kind of seen as the, the main mecca, the main capital city of the dwarves, and therefore... Everyone is trying to get their uh, get their seat at the table of ruler ruling that uh, that city. Um, I should also mention too that uh, this is where the gnomes, the other playable race, start. They don't have a capital city. They don't have a, their own unique start zone or sequence of start zones. 
mainly because their capital city has been taken over. And that's the one and only dungeon or raid that you get to do throughout the Dwarven start zone sequence. As you go into Nomurgon, the... Um, the, the old city, the, the, the former city of the, the gnomes, and you help the Nomergon exiles reclaim or try to reclaim their capital city. So there are trogs there, which are basically a de evolved version, a more Neanderthalic version of dwarves. There's cobalt there, all these subterranean creatures uh, that are semi intelligent or intelligent working down there. You have the leper gnomes who are diseased, decaying, dead gnomes who are, you know, who've taken it over and uh, irritated it with, uh, you know, toxic chemicals and stuff like that, you know. So they're they're basically killing it off slowly. Um, and there is some um, rumor or hypothesis that they might be working in league with the Undead Scourge to kind of bring the plague of the undead down there via their mechanisms that they are doing down there in Nomergon, that is polluting and, and destroying Nomergon, the, the city, as well as turning gnomes into leper leper gnomes, which is, like I said, the, the disease decaying versions of them. So that's definitely a possibility. That's kind of what you're trying to make sure doesn't happen because you don't want the because you don't want the undead scourge to get a, a foothold in the central part of the Eastern Kingdoms where they haven't been able to get to yet. So that's kind of what you're looking at there. Um, but definitely the uh, the Dark Iron Dwarves are the biggest threat. But secondly is the, uh, the Leper Gnomes who are right in the back door, uh, the backyard of uh, Ironforge City. You also have some Ice Trolls that you have to... Uh, push out of your territory they've taken up uh shop there you know trying to you know set down some roots and grow um they're known as the frost main ice trolls another neutral uh um tribe that you come across as one of the playable races for the horde is trolls but they're a jungle troll so um this group of trolls they're ice trolls because of the uh the cold snowy environments that they they like to settle in Dunmoreau is snowy mountainous region kind of like uh colorado in the in the winter time so that's your perfect picture for Dunmoreau. um lock modan kind of the same thing you know colorado but in the spring and then you got the wetlands it's just marshy just think of uh um i don't know think of uh some of the marshlands in Florida, you know, or along the Gulf there, that kind of marshiness, uh, maybe down by Louisiana, you know, Southern half. So that would definitely, uh, kind of describe that area. And that describes the uh, start zone for the, uh, the dwarves. You're basically just battling a rival clan for dominance of Ironforge, and you're preventing the, uh, dark irons from, getting a foothold, or you're trying to prevent them from getting a foothold in Bronzebeard clan territory in these three start zone uh, zones. Um, and that concludes 
the Alliance version of the start zones. There's two of them in the Eastern Kingdoms. And there'll be one over in Kalimdor for the Alliance. Now let's look at the one and only start zone for the Horde in the Eastern Kingdoms, as their two other ones are over in Kalimdor. So, as I mentioned earlier, the uh, Forsaken, the Undead, is the uh, other is the Horde uh, portion that's over here in the Eastern Kingdoms. They are known as the Forsaken. They're technically the Undead. And they, uh, their, their, their capital city is the Undercity. It is the uh, underground labyrinth below what used to be Lordaeron City or capital city of the former human kingdom of Lordaeron. So they are doing that, doing their thing, trying to trying to survive, trying to redefine who they are as a people. Now that they're undead forsaken with their own wills back free from the dominion of the, uh, uh, the Lich King and his scourge. So that's kind of what you're going through and doing through your three start zones. If you play the undead Terrace fall glades and silver pine forest and hills, Brad foothills one to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30 just like how we've been seeing it before um, with the other two start zones. Pretty standard, I'd say. The major, I'd say the two major um, threats that you are facing when it comes to the Forsaken is the Scarlet Crusade. They are a fanatical group of knights, paladins, priests, uh, basically remnants of the Holy Order uh, that survived the, the purging and the destruction of the Kingdom of Lordaeron. So they're the human, the humans that are still alive that, that remain in the area trying to purge the undead from their lands and then reclaim Lordaeron and, and rebuild the kingdom. Um... So that's kind of what you're doing initially is you're dealing with the, the uh, Scarlet Crusade. However, your other big threat is Worgen. Mainly because of the network of allies that they have. So... The Worgen, like I said, are the the main, the other main uh, threat locally. They're mainly found in um, Silver Pine Forest. There are two two packs of them. The one pack are the Pharaoh Worgen that cannot shapeshift out of their werewolf form and back to human. So they've basically gone completely feral. And there's another pack that can shapeshift back, but they don't know that they're shapeshifting back and forth. They're being controlled or ruled by um, a former mage or wizard of the destroyed kingdom of Dalaran, which is a nearby human kingdom that used to be in that, part of it used to be in that area. Um, There is also a village of humans 
the humans that can shapeshift back and forth between human and werewolf, but they don't know they're doing it. They are the remains of the lost kingdom of Gilneas, another human kingdom. Nobody knows what's happened to them. There's a huge wall, kind of like the uh, Mongol wall that separates Mongolia from China. Um, There's a huge wall that basically partitions off the kingdom of Gilneas and whatever happened to it, whatever remains are there from the rest of the world. And nobody can get through it. It's impenetrable. And unfortunately, this one town of Gilneans is stuck there on the other side of the wall. And now they turn into werewolves at night because some wizard is messing around with the curse of the werewolf as a means to combat the undead. And so your goal is to go into Shadowfane Keep and to kill him off so he stops making more and more worgen, whether feral or sentient, and uh, getting him, you know, basically securing the borders that way. And that is actually one of the, um, (coughs) excuse me, that is actually one of the uh, instances or dungeons that you go about playing during the, uh, during your whole star sequence, is you go into Shadowfane Keep, and that's where you go and beat them, and that's where you basically end that local threat to the Forsaken. Um, the very first one you you do, especially as an undead, it's my actually actually it's my very first uh, one as well. That was my first dungeon or raid that I went into. Um, also, I should point out that these dungeons and raids, once again, they are anywhere between. Four and 40 players that you can team up to uh, go in there. Uh, most of these, the lower level ones are four man or five man. Um, but uh, basically, these dungeons and raids can range from four people to 40 people. And uh, yeah, you just you build up a group, you go in there, you help progress the storyline, you get better or more unique gear to help you out and uh, helps you advance in your experience levels faster as well because of the uh, um, the more complexity behind it. So definitely one that I enjoy. The other one is the Scarlet Monastery, which is the, uh, I guess, the regional base for the Scarlet Crusade in the Terrace Fall Glades. And your goal is to basically try to go in there and wipe out that foothold that the Scarlet Crusade has been able to hold themselves up in there in Terrace Fall Glades. Um, So this is like the second raid that I ever did. Uh, It was a lot of fun. I can still go back in and do the updated version of it because they did change it. Um, But uh, it's definitely a fun raid to do. So right there, my first and second... uh, experiences doing raids and and you know these these classic or original uh um these classic or original uh uh, versions of these raids are are some of my favorite um but uh when you go into the hillsbride foothills your main one once again is kind of the humans you know the human remains whether they are of lordaeron or of uh, Dalaran, you're basically fighting uh, the remnants of the human population, trying to basically secure that zone for the Forsaken, turn it into a Forsaken-controlled uh, land. Um, so that's kind of how the Forsaken ends. 
their whole start zone sequence. And of course, in going in through there, you're learning about yourself all over again now that you're an undead person. Uh, you're trying to figure things out. You're trying to figure out how you fit into the world, what needs to be done to secure your place in the world so that others don't try to wipe you out. Like the Scarlet Crusade, who part of their whole fanatical goal is to wipe out the undead as being impure and demonic beings because they're not living, they are not dead, they are somewhere in between. Yada, yada, yada. You see that in every horror show or, or sci-fi show that deals with fantasy stories about werewolves and, and uh, the undead, like vampires. So, um, you know, makes sense to have that added in there for this too. Um, so that really kind of sums up the three start zone experiences that you can have in the Eastern Kingdoms. Three playable by... Or, I'm sorry, two of them playable by three alliance races and one playable by a horde race. So moving on to the next phase or sequence of the whole player progression is what is known as contested zones. These are zones that have... that. that the Horde or the Alliance or some of their sub-factions don't have complete or primary control over. So it's a contested between a bunch of different uh, factions of relatively equal standing. So this is where you can see the Horde and the Alliance kind of uh, ramping up the tensions in their Cold War and that standoff where they could be coming head-to-head. Or it could be against some neutral factions, as we will soon see. And on top of that, too... It now starts to to allow you to start playing and gaining reputation, doing quests for neutral factions that may not be fully allied with the Alliance or the Horde, but still allow you to, you know, go and do some new quests for a group other than the ones that you've been uh, questing for for 30 levels to that point. So it does open up some new some new content. You get exposed to new groups. Um, and whether they are friendly to the Horde and the Alliance, you still get to quest for them, even though they aren't fully or 100% on board with being an official member of either faction. They're trying to play neutral, I guess. You know, work both sides. Um, you also get the opportunity to really start... Uh, looking at uh, player versus player as opposed to just player versus environment. Uh, at the time this game came out, originally there were PvP or player versus player servers where you were marked for player versus player no matter what, except for the start zones of, of your race or of any race. Um, and then there were realms that allowed you to uh, um, just stay PvE the whole time. The one that I started playing in was PvP, so once you got outside of your start zone, you are now 100% flagged for PvP, and uh, that means anybody from the opposing faction could come in and uh, gank you, you know, come up from behind and start attacking you, and, you know, start up crapping that way. So, that's, uh, kind of the difference, but you do get to see it. Uh, even on the PvE, player versus environments, realms, or servers, 
you could still toggle it on and off. So once you got outside of your start zones, or I think even inside the start zones too, if you really wanted to go PVP, you could actually just go and uh, toggle it on, and then boom, now you're in PVP mode. And now you got to watch your back even more. Uh, so that kind of that was kind of a feature that was really started, you know, kind of played upon once you got outside the start zone. So they kind of see you as more of a, a seasoned um, player now to where you can start doing some more advanced play, hence the contested zones. Um, and as I've kind of been hinting at, at this point, players are now combating regional threats, not just to their racial uh, um, sub-faction, but also the alliance or the horde. Um, so kind of jumping back into this whole thing of going through the content, we'll start in the southernmost third of the continent, where we started talking earlier about the humans. We're going to just jump right in again with some stuff for the humans, or in the same region anyway as, as the human start zone. Just south of the human start zone is um, the Stranglethorn Vale. This is part of the Azeroth subcontinent that you find the human start zone in. So just south of there is Stranglethorn Vale. It's a jungle place. Um, 30 to 45 roughly is the uh, um, the uh, level range. <coughs> a little bit bigger of a zone. That's why you see a little bit bigger of a gap there. Um, but your primary objective, your primary villain adversary in this is the uh, various jungle trolls that are trying to vie or jockey for supremacy in hopes that they can be the ones that restarts their lost jungle troll empire that's down there. Uh, when you think of uh, Stranglethorn and being a jungle, think of the Amazon down in... Uh, South America and the Brazil area. Kind of picture that, and that's a pretty good example of Stranglethorn Vale. Uh, a little bit more cartoony, though, given the uh, the um, graphics of the game, but uh, you kind of get the point. Uh, so that's who you're mainly fighting against. you got some other smaller factions there, too. You know, you got Naga, and, and uh, um, I think you got the uh, the Knolls down there as well. you got a whole bunch of other, you know, minor groups but the main group that you are really fighting is the uh, um, the trolls. The other nice thing too is uh, um, you do get to go up. You do get to go up against pirates. So when you go down there, one of the neutral factions that you can uh, quest for are the goblins of the uh, Steam Weedle Cartel. That's how they break their their race up into, you know, based off of corporate or cartel uh, naming conventions. Um, and the goblin cartel down there, the goblins down there of the Steam Weedle cartel, they have you basically pitted against a rival pirate faction. <laughs> so uh, one of the pirate groups that uh, they do business with, they are helping them combat one of the other pirate groups that's also down there. And so there's a fun little quest chain with that that gets you, uh, you know, a pirate suit, basically, that you can wear if you wear, I think, cloth or leather. I can't remember. So uh, that's fun to go down there. So you do get to go up against some pirates, but the main thing, like I said, is the the, uh, the jungle trolls. Um, let's see who else. 
Um, going over to the uh, the next section, it's uh, oh I forgot before I move on the uh, the raid or the dungeon there in Stranglethorn Vale is called Zulgarub. That is the capital city of the the jungle trolls. Uh, especially of what you you know it used to be the capital city of their empire. Uh, now it's kind of fallen in disarray. You got you know, like I said, you got the troll, the, the three different troll tribes trying to vibe to become the uh, uh, they're they're vying to become like the, the top dog for the trolls and reestablish the troll empire under their name now. And so you're going in there to stop them because you find out that one of the uh, um, priest casts there for the trolls is trying to resurrect some blood god and so uh you're trying to stop them from doing that uh they're also dabbling in necromancy and bringing people back from the dead so there's that also that that concern that uh they might be in league with uh the scourge geopolitics starting to come into play here and so you're trying to prevent them from giving the scourge a reason to set up a foothold there in the southern third of um, the eastern kingdoms there in the Azeroth subcontinent or subsection. So uh, you're you're trying to do that, and they're trying to re- they're trying to resurrect their blood god, uh, some serpent deity uh, there in Zulgarub, and you're going in there to try to stop him from doing that, from basically conjuring him into the world. Um, so that's the, uh, uh, the con- the first zone. You also go into the Swamp of Sorrows, um, level 35 to 45. Um, basically it's really just a continuation on of the troll, the jungle trolls, but now it's just in the swamplands. You find this priest, this, uh, fanatical priest, uh, um, sex under underwater under under uh, secret headquarters basically it's uh in a temple called the temple of atal hakar hakar being the uh the name of the serpent blood god they're trying to resurrect and uh so you're going in there to stop them from trying to do it there now you know so that's really the main the main opponent once again in the swamp of sorrows swampy kind of reminds me of um you know, down in Louisiana. Yeah, I think that'd probably be a pretty good uh, des- description of it. If not, then uh, the swamplands down there in, in Florida. Uh, that's kind of what we're getting at here. Um, basically, marshes, swamplands, you know, just gunky stuff like that that you would see in the Swamp of Sorrows. Um, going up against trolls, going up against... Uh, um, some murlocs, um, a bunch of small minor groups, you know, I think there's, you know, uh, cobalt down there as well, not 100% sure, I can't remember, but uh, they're probably down there somewhere, definitely in murlocs, um, so a couple of minor, severe, se- severely minor groups that you have to take on, but the main one is the, uh, the jungle trolls, and then moving on, the last one is the blasted lands, that's uh, level 45 to 55. This is where the Dark Portal is that is responsible for transporting the orcs from their homeworld into Azeroth. Um, 
in the first war, portions of the second war, and I think it was even reactivated during the third war in Warcraft 3. So basically all three games, Warcraft 1, 2, and 3, all see the use of the Dark Portal, but now they're hoping that the uh, portal is dormant, mainly because they don't want the portal to allow any more demon magic or fell magic to seep into Azeroth and continue to reduce the Blasted Lands into um, a barren wasteland. Hence the Blasted Lands name. You know, uh, The Blasted Lands actually used to be part of the Swamp of Sorrows, very swampy, and it used to be called the Black Morass. But uh, because of the Dark Portal being opened and its demonic energies kind of surging out of it, uh, it's corrupted and basically uh, um, left the southern two-thirds of the, of the Black Morass one big wasteland. And now you just have the Swamp of Sorrows left over in the northern third. And that kind of makes up these two, these two zones. You know, that's really the history of these two zones kind of combined. Um, unfortunately, there isn't really any kind of big bad guy villain that you have to go up against in um, the Blasted Lands. You're basically just mopping up the the demonic forces that are left over. Uh, there are a couple. There's a couple ogre tribes that are also in the area. Uh, the ogres were brought over during the first and second wars in Warcraft One and Two as slaves. Um, for the Horde, for the Orcs. When the old Horde was dissolved, some of the the tribes just kind of scattered. A couple of them took up shop there in um, the Blasted Lands. So you have to kind of mop up on them because they're getting a little too strong for their own good. But the main focus is just kind of mopping up some demons that have... They're they're left wandering around now that their, their leaders have been cut off from the higher ups in the Burning Legion uh, hierarchy or they don't have any leaders and they're just kind of wandering around aimlessly trying to figure out what to do with their lives so that's really how the Blasted Lands Blasted Lands end is kind of you know there's not much going on but there's a reason why I can tell you that later on um, it becomes more active in future uh, expansions put it that way um, and then lastly uh, not lastly, but moving on to the central third of the Eastern Kingdoms. This is the uh, Cosmodon subregion. They too have their own sequence, and for, mainly for the dwarves. Badlands. Once again, that's thirty to forty-five. Then you got the uh, Searing Gorge, which is level. Uh, 45 to 50 and then you got the burning steps which is 50 to 55 the main villain or the main uh, adversary that you have to deal with is once again the uh, black iron dwarves Uh, you are now basically stepping into their territory and dealing with them there is another minor force in, in the area that's the black rock clans so if you remember back to my description my summary of what you have to do uh, as a human from Stormwind is you have to go to Red Ridge Mountains and prevent the uh, Black Rock Orcs from uh, establishing a foothold in Stormwind territory. 
Well, in the Burning Steps, now you're going into the Black Rock territory, the Black Rock Orcs, and trying to get them to uh, basically trying to try to push them back further into the mountain and kind of hold them up there if you can. Um, so that's kind of what you're aiming to do there. Uh, so that's kind of like a, a side thing, especially if you are, um, you know, going through the Burning Steps portion of it. But, um, and that's also too where you find out that the Black Rock Orcs aren't just some small little neutral clan that's doing its own thing. You find out that they are part of the Dark Horde, which is um, <coughs> basically in direct opposition to the new horde or Thrall's horde, and they're basically trying to revamp the old horde. So you find out that the Black Rock Clan actually does have some allies. They are stronger than what is being led on, and so that's part of dealing with them in the Burning Steps. Is that you're trying to make sure that they don't rekindle the old horde. And turn it into a, uh, a force to be reckoned with when it comes to uh, Stormwind's uh, survival. But also, you've got the Dark Iron Clan, who is also in that area and trying to be a regional powerhouse as well. So you got two regional powerhouses right there in that area. Um, so there is one raid or... Uh, dungeon that's in that area in, in the Badlands is called Uldaman and it's basically um, you know it's like one big archaeological uh, vibe to it you know kind of get to the point where you're feeling like you're Indiana Jones going through there and really what you're doing is you're figuring out like the history behind the dwarves and even the gnomes too and so um, that's kind of what Uldaman is all about it's kind of discovering the uh the historical origins of both of them. And you do get to meet a long-lost cousin, and that's the the unofficial term, Clan Earthen, but they're the Earthen. They are a stone version of the dwarves, and you come to find out later on that uh, the dwarves used to be Earthen before the curse of the flesh turned them into fleshy, carbon-based creatures, kind of like humans, you know, with flesh and blood and all that stuff. And so, you know, something happened and, and, uh, and the, uh, the dwarves turned from earthen, most, more stone-based, to uh, a humanoid, you know, with more flesh, carbon-based. Um, and on top of that, you find out that the earthen are still present. They're still around, so you find... Uh, some cousins, basically, which is kind of cool, you know. Uh, I went through it a couple times, but I was like a high enough level to where I didn't have to worry about uh, getting into a group to do it, so I could just one man it. Uh, and that's basically what you learn. You learn about the Titans, who are supposedly the the ones who created the Earthen and all these other groups. So, yeah. Um, that's basically what uh, how that whole section goes and then moving on to my favorite section the the northernmost uh, um, third of Eastern Kingdoms the Lordaeron subcontinent and uh, here there's actually four zones the 
first two, Alterac Mountains and Arathi Highlands, they're both uh, 30 to 40. However, the Alterac Highlands, in my opinion, was not completed properly. Uh, it's kind of like a dead dead end when it comes to questing. And so it's one of those, I think it was one of those zones that they just kind of dropped the ball on and didn't fully complete it because they were too busy getting the rest of the game going. Um, you know, you got ogres, gnolls, trogs, cobalt, but the biggest adversary is a syndicate who you find out is some sort of like a thief, uh, bandit, uh, kind of hooligan type of a, uh, um, of a organization, Assassin's Guild type of thing, and they are really the leftovers of the former human kingdom of Alterac that was destroyed in the Second War by their fellow kingdom of Stromgard after it was found out that the Alteraci uh, uh, nobility betrayed the alliance or secretly working with the Horde. So their historic rivals, the humans of Stromgard, went in and uh, basically wiped them out, you know, and some people got away um, and formed the Syndicate as kind of a vengeance tool to get back at the, the, the kingdom of Stromgard. So that's who you're mainly, you know, dealing with up there, but um, not quite so much. So, uh, like I said, it's kind of incomplete quest chain, incomplete storyline. So it doesn't really work out too well. Um, however, the Rathi Highlands, that's where most of the action's at. And that's where you do get to see the Syndicate as well. They're the main villains. Uh, but you also have some uh, uh, Witherbark trolls. They're uh, a neutral um, group of jungle trolls, I'm sorry, forest trolls, you also have some other groups in there, but the, the main ones are the syndicate, and uh, then of course the uh, forest trolls. The hinterlands is the next one, level 40 to 50, uh, their main um, adversary in that section for both the Wildhammer Dwarves, so you get introduced to another sect of, of dwarves called the Wildhammer Clan. Um, so their main adversary, if you're playing as the Alliance, are the uh, Vile Branch Forest Trolls. And uh, the Wildhammers are technically neutral, but because of their you know because of their close ties to the uh, the dwarves of Ironforge, the Bronzebeard clan, they will work with them even though they're neutral when it comes to, the, you know, the the alliance. On the Horde side, it's the Darkspear Trolls. Um, they're a, for, a small forest troll group that used to be part of the Horde, but then uh, left and are now working with adventurers because the mutual adversary in the Hinterlands is the Vilebranch tribe of forest trolls who are trying to resurrect their dead forest troll empire out of their capital city so they're basically trying to uh, absorb all the smaller forest troll tribes underneath them to become the new 
uh, empire regional powerhouse that will, you know, start swinging its stick around and, and, uh, you know, making some rules type of thing. Can't have that, so that's what you're going up against. Uh, And then lastly is the Western Plaguelands. This is level 50 to 55. And the two big adversaries here are the Undead Scourge as well as the Scarlet Crusade. You're fighting both, kind of a three-way battle. Uh, This is where you're first introduced to the Argent Dawn, which is... I guess the uh, the sane version of the Scarlet Crusade. In fact, the Scarlet Crusade break away from the Argent Dawn to form the Scarlet Crusade back in the day, and now the Argent Dawn is not only fighting against the Undead Scourge, but also the Scarlets, as the Scarlets fight the Argent Dawn and the uh, Undead Scourge. So it's basically a three-way battle. And that's where Horde and Alliance characters go. It's just north of the Alterac Mountains. So whatever you didn't finish up in Alterac, or I'm sorry, Arathi Highlands or the Hinterlands, you can go and finish up there in um, Alterac Highland, Alterac Mountains and get that out of the way. So um, that's who you're fighting. It's a three-way battle. And then the, the raid or the instance uh, towards the end of that is the Sholomance which is basically a, it's a former wizard school that was not associated with the kingdom of Dalaran. It turns into a necromancer school for the undead. And so it's considered like a, the regional capital, if you will, for the undead scourge or more of like a, a you know, a smaller uh, county seat or, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a major city for the... Uh, for the undead scourge, let's put it that way, but it's primarily a, uh, it's their, uh, their, their necromancer, their undead magic, uh, that's mainly where they go for, for that, you know, so that, that's kind of where it ends up, you're going in there, you're taking them out, and basically, uh, severing the undead scourge's ties to, uh, um, any kind of, uh, dark magic that they can wield by cutting out their, uh, their school, their, their, uh, um, academy for the dark arts. And that gets me into the end game zones. This is, they're technically contested zones, but I wanted to, you know, separate them from the others just because of, um, them being towards the end of the original content for this particular game. So it's end game in terms of the original content. And this is kind of where players would spend a lot of their time just kind of, you know, eking out of whatever they can for uh, the rest of uh, the game, you know. Um, So you got Deadwind Pass. Uh, This is a very small zone, 55 to 60. And uh, really what it is, is it's mainly just a huge instance. I think this is one of those 40-man ones originally. It's the former... uh, Basically, it's like the Sholomance, only uh, uh, bigger. And it's still it's still basically being overrun by the undead and the, uh, the, the demons, the Burning Legion. So you're trying to make sure that they don't get a foothold there. Um, so I guess there is a little bit of a uh, finale for the Blasted Lands, and that is you're going into uh, Deadwind Pass. 
which is northwest of uh, the blasted lands, trying to get them to uh, hopefully stop. You know, uh, so that that's it's pretty cool too. It, it's I've gone in there a couple times. And it's pretty fun to go and play. Uh, that one is in basically. Uh, I'd say that's in, in Azeroth subcontinent there, close to uh, Red Ridge Mountains, and uh, it's directly east of uh, Duskwood. The, the next one is Black Rock Mountain, and once again, it's basically just a bunch of uh, dungeons or raids that you can go with for. There, there's two of them. There's uh, uh, Black Rock Descent, and there's Black Rock Spire. There's two branches for each, and you're basically just uh, fighting the Dark Irons head-on in their in their uh, um, capital city, as well as the Dark Horde in their capital city up in Black Rock Spire. So, Black Rock Mountain is split up between the Dark Horde and the Dark Iron Dwarves. In the uh, bottom portion, it's the uh, um, it's the Dark Irons Dwarves. And then the uh, spire portion, even though it's dwarven themed for its architecture, it's still controlled by the Dark Horde, the Black Rock Clan, and some of their allies. So that's who you're really going up against there. And then over in the Eastern Plaguelands, up in Lordaeron, that is the last end game zone up there. Um, that's a big one. That's actually the main one. So I even put like a little asterisk next to it. This is the main end zone. This is generally where most players are going to end up once they hit level 55 and even though it's a big zone by the time you get to level 55 it takes a while to get from 55 to 60 i know i've lived it um it takes a while under the original world of warcraft uh leveling schematics so um yeah you could you can you spend a good chunk of your time up there and you're fighting just now you're going into the regional capital for the Scourge and Stratholme and you're also going into the regional capital or the capital of the Scarlet Crusade so you're just kind of continuing those two um, threats those regional threats into the end of the game so this is like end end game you know this is here with the uh, the undead Scourge this is like the, the, the main end game material right here uh, there's really only one. The the one in, in Black Rock Mountain and the one over in Deadwind Pass, they're kind of eh. You know, they're they're they were half-assed. Let's put it let's be honest about it. But the real end game, it's Eastern Kingdoms and it's going against the, the Undead Scourge, as well as the uh, Scarlet Crusade. Um, so that kind of ends up the whole player progression portion for questing, for story plots and all that stuff. They do have some other stuff, though, um, but we'll get to that next time. So thanks for tuning in to the Deetsilly Mind. I hope you enjoyed this uh, quick summary, this synopsis, this uh, kind of rundown of the Eastern Kingdoms in World of Warcraft as we celebrate their 20th anniversary. I'll talk to you again later.